Memorial Stadium in Clemson, South Carolina, where the game of the weekend is about to unfold. Calma, regresa al backfield. De John Watson, pase, touchdown, touchdown, Clemson, Clemson, por un segundo. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. How great is this? This this could be the final play of the college season, perhaps, if Clemson gets a touchdown to win it. If Bama can hold him out, perhaps a field goal attempt for overtime. Watson. Touchdown! Hunter Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play. And Clemson runs out of the field and celebrates. They come to California and strike gold. And now, William Qualkenbush and Ben Milstead with Out of Bounds on the Roar. And welcome in. Glad to have you with us. We are live on the Roar on a Tuesday, February 28th. 2023. Thanks so much for joining us here on Out of Bounds. William Quaggenbush, Facts and Childress with you today. Uh, we are live in a multi-site situation once again. I love these multi-site shows because it means we've got a lot of stuff going on here uh, on the station today. Faxon is live inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. And I am live at Floor Field in the West End at downtown Greenville. Very excited to be with you here as this stadium makes its debut for the season and the Tigers go away from home for the first time today as they uh, take on the USC Upstate Spartans. So we've got a lot to talk about with that. I know I promised a little bit more specific baseball conversation yesterday and we didn't get to some of that because of some of the big picture stuff that was on the, the forefront of everybody's mind and then now, we got into a really good basketball discussion as well. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of basketball today as Clemson goes up to Charlottesville for, quite frankly, the biggest game of its season. And uh, so we've, we've got lots of thoughts on that, lots of thoughts on some of the keys and things like that. I've got a lot of notes about both of these teams and both of these games today that we'll get to. We'll also get to them with Matt Conley at 105 from ClemsonSports.com. Uh, he is going to join us to talk about these things and maybe a little realignment news and, uh, and and so forth. I loved the conversation that Brad and John got into. I've got some thoughts on it uh, coming up in just a little bit. And then we've got Terrence Oglesby, who is still uh, – his Twitter account still inactive because he got hacked. Um, so poor guy, can't uh, he can't tweet that he's coming on with us. But uh, he'll be joining us at 2.05 today to talk uh, the scene in and around college basketball. Uh, it is the perfect time of year. It's the last day of February. Tomorrow is the first day of March. Uh, there is uh, there is hope in the air. It is sunny. It is beautiful. And, again, it's the best time to be a sports fan, especially a college sports fan right now. Facts and Childress is a college student right now who's also a college sports fan. And uh, he joins us uh, doing a board today. Faxon, how are you, my man? I'm doing great. Uh, big day for Clemson Athletics, obviously, with baseball team has a big game at Floor Field. You're getting the privilege of covering that. And then basketball team up in Charlottesville. Women's basketball tomorrow starts the ACC tournament. So a great time to be a Tiger right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm actually driving up right after the game today, and I'm going to go to Greensboro. That way I don't have to worry about traveling tomorrow. And we're going to be on, the plan is to be on uh, an abbreviated show tomorrow afternoon. So just to give people an idea of what to expect tomorrow, no interruptions in the morning. Uh, I'm going to have to hop on a, uh, hop off about 1 o'clock 
to deal with uh, pregame stuff and just get ready tomorrow and to get over to the arena and settle and record pregame and all that stuff. So, uh, so, so we'll do a, an hour of show, which I don't know how in the world we're going to get baseball recap, basketball recap, set the scene for women's basketball in one hour. So it's going to be uh, pretty fleeting, but we'll give that to you tomorrow. And then after that one o'clock hour, um, we're going uh, we're gonna to be able to uh, we're going to be able to get uh, get women's basketball on the air at three fifteen. So it'll be sports map for a couple hours. Women's basketball three fifteen, and then uh, and then we'll go from there. And of course, no road rage tomorrow. And then hopefully we'll be back on air on Thursday with a five forty five women's basketball tip uh, as they would advance if they beat Pittsburgh tomorrow afternoon to a six o'clock tip with uh, with North Carolina as a seven seed up in Greensboro. Uh, on Thursday. So that's just a little bit of a scene setter for you here uh, today. Faxon, I want to start. Oh, by the way, exactly. Texter from the 864. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, He says, don't forget softball. Oh, my goodness. Clemson softball is having a doubleheader today. Uh, They're having it against uh, uh, Gardner-Webb. And it is a uh, it is a big big series for them, big big series for softball. And so as as you said, um, as you said, there's there's a lot to there's a lot to do with that. Um, I know they've got, uh, and I'm trying to pull it up right now. I know they've had a, a little bit of a uh, time change on that, and I saw that earlier. I want to make sure. Is it is wanna, it still three and five, or did they change? I want to make I, that's that's what I'm trying to double check. I got an email. Uh, I got an email when I was on the way here, and of course I'm in the car. I could not get there. But uh, all right, here we go. Softball time change now beginning at three and five tomorrow. I said today, but it's tomorrow. Three and five tomorrow uh, in the doubleheader against Gardner Webb. So that is a change in time for softball. But uh, hopefully, hopefully a good crowd able to go out there tomorrow and deal with that. Somebody asking about weather for Friday, I, I can guarantee you Eric Baggage ain't got there yet. He's trying to be USC Upstate tonight, and uh, it's it's going to be a, a heck of a test for the Tigers. 654-ROAR is the number if you want to join us on the phones today, 654-7627 on the phones or on the Adams & Co. Roofing text line, 654-7627. Faxon, I was listening to the press box and their conversation about granite rights and the Florida State uh, comments from the board meeting this weekend and or uh, earlier this week, uh, last week and, uh, and and what it potentially means for, for Clemson. And I do have a couple of comments on it. Um, I I have I have moved into this weird space mentally where I'm trying to like I'm trying to figure out where the people are with this issue because sometimes I feel like people don't want to talk about it. Now some of that might be the timing of some of these conversations. Maybe it's during the season, people don't care. Maybe it's uh, you know with other stuff going on. Maybe it doesn't take precedence because it's sort of an an off-season topic, and there's plenty going on in seasons right now. Um, I, I, I gotta say, I feel like, on the other hand, there are times where this really gets people fired up, and maybe this is one of those times where people get fired up because we haven't talked about it quite as much. Here is my thought on uh, grant of rights, on conference expansion, on leaving the ACC, and all that stuff. And I'm thinking about it like this. When when Brad and John are talking about dollar figures, sometimes, 
you know, sometimes those dollar figures make our head spin, right? And I'm trying to, I'm driving down the road, I'm driving here to Greenville from Clemson, and uh, and and I'm going, okay, uh, what what like what does this mean? In other words, if I'm trying to communicate this to somebody, what does this mean? And I thought about it from the standpoint of a neighborhood. Now we're we're talking about different remedies here in terms of dollar amounts for for people to stay in the ACC. What is it going to take? There are some reports out there that say that it's going to take twenty million dollars to keep Clemson in the ACC. Um, I can believe that certainly uh, that Clemson and Florida State are driving uh, are driving a hard bargain and are ensuring that the ACC understands exactly what it's going to take to keep them in the fold. And if it's $20 million, that feels like that feels like a number that they've all sort of come to an agreement on. On the other hand, uh, I think about it this way. If you are living in a neighborhood and, uh, and, and everybody, you know, everybody had generally the same size house, everybody had generally the same income, Everybody paid generally the same HOA fees. Everybody had generally the same economic status. And then a bunch of your neighbors started uh, charging a little bit more. Maybe the neighborhood charges a little bit more to stay in there, right? And your neighbors get a little raise. They get a little pay bump. They get some kickbacks. They do some uh, upgrades and remodels of their houses. Their houses are a little nicer. Your house has to be a certain type of nice to stay in the neighborhood, etc. They can afford that stuff. They can afford the new fees. They can afford the upcharges that you're getting. I understand some of this is different from the real world, but just hang with me. And you've got other people who at one time were welcome in the neighborhood who are now looking at the big houses around them who have nice renovations, the people around them who have stepped up an economic level or two, and they're going, we can't afford to live here anymore. Uh, the, the amount we have to pay is significant, and we're not getting the type of revenue that they're getting, right? So at one point, the ACC schools were welcome in the neighborhood. Now, basically, everybody but the Big Ten and the SEC are being kicked out. Everybody but the ACC and the Big Ten are, are, are or excuse me, the SEC and the Big Ten are being priced out of this neighborhood, in my weird example, in the way I was thinking about it, is... Cutting the gap in half enough to keep you in the neighborhood? If you're Clemson and right now you're making, you know, roughly $30 million a school and the SEC is making like $70 million a school and the Big Ten is going to be making north of that, they're going to be making $90 to $100 million a school and you're the ACC, you're trying to keep Clemson and Florida State in, you're going, okay, 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 here's the deal. We'll give you unequal revenue distribution and we can meet your $20 million. All right, that's great. That gets you to $50 million. But the SEC still making 70. Make no mistake about this. Even if Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, whatever, even if this unequal revenue sharing passes, let's say it passed tomorrow, all right? Let's say it passed tomorrow and everybody's great and they're high-fiving in a meeting and all this stuff. The very next day, you know who's going right back to the same conversations that they were having about exiting the league? It's every single one of those schools. There's not a single proposal on the table right now to me that would keep Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, Miami, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, whoever else from trying to leave the ACC and go to one of these two leagues. Not a single thing that I've heard would do that because you still have a $20 million gap with the SEC and you still have an ACC contract that is locked into the amount of money that they're going to be providing over a period of 15 years until 2036, I guess it's, what, uh, what 13 years now. you got 13 years of stagnant revenue, very little revenue growth, 
Meanwhile, the Big Ten's going to market at least once, and the SEC's going to market at least once, if not a couple times, between now and then. So you know that the SEC is about to up the price to stay in the neighborhood, and you know that the Big Ten is about to up the price to stay in the neighborhood again. So what is $20 million extra dollars a year? Yeah, that's great. You're taking it seriously. Yeah, that's great. You're not letting the you know, bottom feeders, the teams with very little of their own revenue streams, like basically sucking in the money and then not spitting it out at the rate that's needed to be successful. Yeah, that's upsetting. Yeah, we don't want that. But that's not going to keep you in the league. In fact, I would argue it's going to hasten your exit from the league because guess what's going to happen? I heard them talking about Texas on the press box. Guess what's going to happen? When you get to the Texas part of the equation where you get a little jealousy, where Texas A&M is all of a sudden like, whoa, 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 Texas is getting what now? And we're getting stuck with what now? Are, are you kidding me? Then all of a sudden you got people with wandering eyes. Then all of a sudden you got people, again, with jealousy. You got people with hurt feelings. You got people saying, well, we would spend money, but now we can't to compete because we, you know, we had a down cycle. We went through a new president AD. We had to hire. We didn't get the hire right. Now all of a sudden we don't have enough money to get ourselves out of that rut. You're actually keeping us down by not giving us enough money. We want what they're getting, or we don't want them to have what they're getting right now. We want it to be more equal. You're going to have that sort of tug of war that's going on. And I understand that there are some leagues that feel like, you know, uh, I heard somebody talking about Gonzaga. This was, I believe it was Pete Thamel on a podcast I was listening to a, a few days ago. He was talking about Gonzaga and how Gonzaga is set up with the West Coast Conference. And the, the West Coast Conference, to me, has it right because they know they need Gonzaga and they know Gonzaga is out there. Uh, they split the revenue from, like, the NCAA tournament revenue. It goes by round. Uh, you get a certain amount for advancing to, to each round. And the, that initial payment in the first round is split throughout the league. But everything past that, that Gonzaga or St. Mary's or whoever else in that league, BYU in the West Coast Conference, whatever they get past that is theirs to keep. So it's all incentive-based. It's all incentivized, and you're, you're rewarding success with payouts that's going to lead to further success. That makes a lot of sense to me. What we're talking about right now is like saying up front, yeah, Clemson and Florida State, you're, they're getting $20 million. Right off the top, they're getting $20 million, and somebody else is not getting that $20 million, or a bunch of somebodies are not getting $20 million every single year. And again, as I said, that's still putting you at a significant disadvantage against the Big Ten, and it's still putting you at a pretty sizable disadvantage when it comes to the SEC. I don't think that is the magic elixir. It might be the only thing that keeps the ACC together, but that's only for a moment. The reality is the economics of the situation have one thing in the future of the ACC. It's not going to last. And it's just a matter of when that breakup is going to happen and how many dollars the, the schools who are doing the breaking up are going to have to pay and what that structure looks like and which league is going to take all of these schools and how many of these schools go. Because there are other schools in the, you know, in the offing for, uh, you know, from the Pac-12 and, and maybe the Big 12, maybe the Big East, I don't know, for the SEC and the Big 10. Just stuff to think about as we go through the realignment and the a conference expansion chit-chat that even these little half measures and even these things that look great and even these things that everybody loves on paper, it's just, it's just not a thing that's going to keep this league together long-term. It's merely a Band-Aid on something that's much, much deeper than a flesh wound. 
So, uh, facts, and I know I went long there. We'll get your thoughts on the other side. 654-ROAR is a number, 654-7627. We will come back. We'll talk about this. We'll talk about basketball. We'll talk about baseball. we got a lot to discuss today. Stay with us. Sure, you could wait until spring for spring cleaning, or you could get an insanely clean home now by calling the experts at Zero Res Carpet and Air Duct Cleaning today. They use ZR water to clean your carpets like no other. And with no sticky, soapy residue, your carpets stay cleaner longer. Right now, mention me, Mickey, and the Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for $119 plus a free hallway. Schedule online at ZeroResGreenville.com. Standing water or that musty smell in your basement can be a sign of major problems. Canty Foundation Specialists are your local experts in basement waterproofing and crawl space repair. Call us today for a free estimate. Canty can fix it. Call the local experts for a free estimate. Call Canty Foundation Specialist at 864-403-5263 and ask about transferable warranties and available financing. That's 864-403-5263 or online at cantycanfixit.com. M&J Auto Parts is your local independent auto parts warehouse. If you have an import, domestic, or slingshot vehicle, we have the parts you need. With over 100 years of staff experience, we'll get you back on the road quickly and affordably. We have also partnered with Jasper Engines and carrier of country off-roading parts. All parts carry a national warranty, so if a part fails, you are covered. Visit our warehouse, 106 West Wade Hampton Boulevard, Greer, or call us at 864-469-9389. We are here to help you. M&J Auto Parts. Did you hear the news? Founders Federal Credit Union just gave account holders a $20 million super loyalty bonus. Ready to experience Founders? Make the switch today. Unlock your financial potential with top-tier financial tools and five-star member service. What are you waiting for? Visit a Founders location near you or visit RelaxJoinFounders.com to apply for membership today. Relax. Switch to Founders Federal Credit Union. Terms and conditions apply. Membership qualification required. Federally insured by NCUA. William Nichols from Scores Jewelers. You know, I'm very fortunate to work in an industry that's almost entirely focused on celebrating life's good times and milestones. Like the anniversary highlighting 5, 10, 15 years or more spent with your best friend, birthdays and Christmases, and maybe the biggest day of all, the marriage of two people. Her engagement ring is more than just a diamond and a piece of gold. On the day it's given as a gift, it becomes a meaningful symbol marking the start of your new life together. In a few years, you won't remember the price tag on her engagement ring, But you will remember that look on her face when you open the box. That moment of sheer joy and excitement that says so many things to her that you could never express in words. This is the true value of a ring. The reason these things are handed down from one generation to the next. She's the one. Show her with the ring from Scores Jewelers. We'll help you find or make the perfect ring that says everything you want to say the moment you open the box for her. I'm William Nichols of Scores Jewelers and Anderson and online at ScoresDiamondJewelers.com, and I want to be your jeweler. Drake Auto Sales, where you can find a quality used vehicle that will keep you on the road. Home of the free, free six months or 6,000 miles powertrain warranty, free unlimited car washes for three months, free XM radio for three months on equipped vehicles with every vehicle. Free, free, free. With their guaranteed credit approval, you could be driving a nicer, newer car today. Give them a call at 864-804-6778 or visit drakeautosales.com. 118 Rainbow Lake Road in Boiling Springs. Mr. Knickerbocker isn't just a store. It's a lifestyle. Shop 100% collegiate licensed tailgating items, gifts, decals, apparel, pet products, hats, and more. For all Clemson sports all year long. With four locations to serve you, 
Shop Clemson on College Avenue or the Lifestyle Store. Seneca at Hartwell Village, Greenville on Woodruff Road, or online at MrKnickerbocker.com. Like and follow on social media for new product launches and more. Mr. Knickerbocker, a Clemson tradition store since 1973. Still overpaying for a razor? In this economy? Gross. At Dollar Shave Club, you can get a top-shelf shave at a regular shelf price. We've been hawking shaving products for years online, and we're excited to bring you the same great quality and low prices at a store near you. From high-quality stainless steel blades to super smooth shave creams, Dollar Shave Club's in the business of making your shave easier. Find Dollar Shave Club in the men's razor aisle. Getting your Dollar Shave Club razor wherever you want. Isn't that great? Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Crank it up and embarrass your children. The Roar, where every day is game day. All right, hour one continues out of bounds. 654 Roars, the number you like to join us on the phones or on the Adams Co. Roofing text line. Text from the 864 says, Qual, can a convert sell pay the exit fee of a Clemson or FSU who's tied into these grand rights? Yeah, the answer is yes. The problem is, especially where the SEC is concerned, that would be like basically at the SEC paying money to the ACC, which is ESPN paying itself. Uh, that's weird. I would imagine that ESPN probably would negotiate if it if it came to that. They would probably negotiate. There's one other thing that's a part of this that I think is interesting to just monitor. Um, and, uh, and and so we'll get to that in just a second. First, I want to tell you about – and we're, we're going to go to the phones because Chuck waited through the break, and so we'll get to Chuck here in a second. First, let me tell you about our friends at the Plumbing Experts. Uh, if you uh, – if you – know what it's like to to have to look up a plumber or call a plumber you know that it's when you're in a bad spot you know that things are not going great if you've got to involve a plumber in your day well what if i told you that you could involve a plumber in your day without feeling like the world is falling apart beneath you and the only thing standing between you and total collapse is this plumber right because some catastrophe has struck with your with your pipes, with your septic tank, with, with something, uh, you know, uh, a toilet flooding, things like that. I mean, I know uh, there have been lots of times where I feel like I needed a plumber, and it's just you never, you never feel like those are good days. Well, if you go with the plumbing experts, especially if you got septic tanks, they want to make sure that everything's working properly so you don't have to call them in a catastrophe. What happens is you call them, they come out, and they look at that septic tank. They look at every single square inch of it. They're not going to leave any stone unturned in there. And they're making sure everything works great so that they can say, okay, in three to five years, we're going to come back. We're going to look at it again, and we're going to make sure that those things are working properly. Uh, that's the great thing about the plumbing experts. They don't want you to call them in a catastrophe. They want to have a positive relationship with you. That's the difference of the plumbing experts. Go to theplumbingexperts.com. That's theplumbingexperts.com. They won't let you down. All right, facts. And I said a lot in the last segment. I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, any any thoughts you have on the Grana rights conversation that's now hitting the fan with Florida State and Clemson in particular? Yeah, you know, I think you did a good job of summarizing a lot of what I would say. And I think that the point I would hone in on, which you also made, is the writing's kind of on the wall for the ACC and teams like Clemson and Florida State playing in the, S- or in the ACC rather going forward. I think that from a financial perspective – Clemson and FSU specifically 
are too advanced in so many of their programs and the universities are so advanced in how they prioritize athletics that it's not realistic for them to continue to take less money than they could be making to run their program. So I just think that at the end of the day, we're going to look up in four to five years, maybe shorter time period than that. And they're going to be super conferences forming. And maybe those are called the SEC and the Big Ten and the Big 12 and those conferences expand. But, you know, as money becomes more and more prevalent in college athletics, I just think that it would be ignorant to think that, you know, we're looking up five years from now and the conference alignment is currently what it stands as. I just don't think it's any level of realistic to expect that, especially when you're throwing out the dollar figures that Clemson's making X less amount than people in the SEC and the ACC is only receiving this amount of money. I just it doesn't make sense from a financial perspective to me that the current conference alignment is going to last, I would say, even three more years. All right, let's go to Chuck in Greensboro, who's up with us next. 654 Roars, the number you want to join him on the phones. What's up, Chuck? Hey, guys. Um, I I wanted to comment. Here's some free legal from a North Carolina lawyer. Um, It may cost a lot less than people realize for schools like Clemson to get out of the ACC. And this is something that, for whatever reason, I haven't heard a lot of people reporting on it, but the bylaws for the Atlantic Coast Conference make no provision for dissolution, meaning shutting the doors down and going out, just completely closing down the conference. That means the North Carolina statute governs, and the North Carolina statute says you just need a majority of the members. All you need wow. is a majority of schools in the ACC is say, hey, guys, we want to go and do our own thing. I mean, pick any 10 schools in the ACC. Those 10 schools could say, we want to start our own conference. We could probably get a better deal just on our own. That's all it takes. Now that that's interesting. Now I would here's here would be my follow up question to that because I think that's I think that certainly is a possibility that's floated out there about dissolution. Here, here's the thing: if we know that the SEC and the Big Ten are basically if if we know that they they have a limited number of spots, we're pretty sure that Oregon and Washington at least are on the table from the West Coast in terms of the Big Ten. That means you would have to get some schools who actually don't know, who are basically opting into playing The Bachelor, right, to see if they get picked by the SEC or the Big Ten, you know that, like, if eight schools say we're out and we, we dissolve and we're going to do our own thing for a year or whatever whatever that ends up being, that that's some of those schools will be left out to dry, right? So that, that would be my concern there is that you would have to convince yeah. people that they're candidates and they think they can win, and then they end up losing big time. I think there's obviously a lot of risk. Schools like Wake Forest would probably sue the schools <laughs> that dissolve yeah. for leaving them high and dry. But I guarantee you Clemson's got plenty of lawyers that have already looked into that, and they're probably doing a cost-benefit analysis anyway. That's great stuff, Chuck. I appreciate the uh, free legal advice, too. I know that's uh, no that's problem. valuable. Well, well, <laughs> well, check's in the mail, buddy. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate the phone call. You know, I I love I love that. I love that idea. Again, I just I mean, it's that that's the easy part is getting to the the conception of okay, if the league dissolves, then everything sort of everything sort of goes away, right? Everything goes away. The grant of rights goes away, and you're starting from scratch. And if it, it's at that point that you could see other conferences and maybe even other networks go. All right, this ain't going to cost us a penny 
to go and get these uh, these institutions. So after this one weird year, we're going to be able to do that. Or maybe the next day. I don't know that it has to be formed uh, for a year. It might just be formed for a day. I, again, a lot of that legalese could be worked out. This would be my this would be my issue. We're talking about a limited number of spots for the Big Ten and for the SEC. That would mean that these two competing entities, and let me let me be clear about this, the two competing entities are proxy. Remember, let's go back months before. I know people uh, people join at different times, but months ago we laid this out for people that the new battleground in college athletics is not geography, it's not really league, it is media. Media is a divider. Fox properties versus ESPN properties. And you've got all these, uh, like, the, the Pac-12 is trying to do their own thing right now, and it is not going well, all right? It's not going well for the Pac-12. That's something to monitor. But in, 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 the real, in a real-world sense, you've got Clemson and Florida State are ESPN properties right now. And so you might ask the question, why would ESPN want to pay more money to Clemson when they can have them right now for less money? The reality is this. They wouldn't unless there were circumstances that were changing beneath their feet. And here's, here's a couple other things, all right? Stuff to ponder with this conversation. First of all, how do you get to eight schools? Well, you probably could get Miami and Florida State and Georgia Tech and Clemson and North Carolina on board, maybe a Virginia Tech, maybe a Louisville, but again, some of those schools are not going where they think they're going. So you would all you would almost need to either lie or get people to believe that it's more it's more worth it to take a chance and fail than it is to be safe in the ACC and end up being basically like a, another version of the Big East or something like that, where you're you're primarily, if not solely, a basketball conference. So that's number one. Number two is this. Okay, the only reason that ESPN would want Clemson for more money they'd have to pay them more money than they've got them right now or Florida State is if they think that they might end up going to Fox aka the Big Ten here's why I've said that's not going to happen the Big Ten has schools every single time the Big Ten has added a school including USC and UCLA they have added schools that are a part of the AAU which is an elite academic um, group there's like 60 some academic institutions all across the country that are part of this group and every single member of the Big Ten was a part of that group when they joined the league Nebraska is not anymore but they were when they joined okay so like if Nebraska tried to get in now I would say Nebraska you're not getting in but they were when they when they joined so the the, the Big Ten has never accepted an institution that's not part of that group I, I read some comments from David Hood from TigerNet on this and one thing he said was that Clemson was exploring how to get into the AAU. And, see, I, I think this is about creating leverage because I don't think that Clemson culturally, from a fan base standpoint, from a, like a land-grant institution standpoint, like there's a lot of things that Clemson fits in the SEC. There are very few ways. I, I don't think there are zero ways, but there are very few ways that Clemson fits in, uh, in the Big Ten. And – but – you have to make yourself a viable option for the Big Ten. And so if Clemson can get into the AAU, it's the Association uh, the association of American Universities or something like that, okay? If Clemson can get into the AAU, then all of a sudden there's a potential that the Big Ten widens their eyes and goes, hey, now, wait a second. We could get this property for ourselves and also pull them away from ESPN? And then you start a legit bidding war. 
So the answer to the question, why would ESPN want Clemson for $70 million a year when right now they've got Clemson for $30 million a year? They wouldn't unless they are scared about Clemson going potentially to Fox. And a text from the 864 says, don't you think Clemson's trending toward the AAU? I, I mean, it sounds like it from David's reporting, and I would not be shocked about that. I have not asked that question myself to anybody, but I would not be surprised if there is due diligence happening on the university side just, again, just from the standpoint of making yourself viable to both parties because that whole bugaboo with ESPN, I wanted to pay more to keep you, that, that is, I think, a significant hurdle to cross. Faxon, your thoughts on any of this? I know I'm throwing some stuff out there. I know I'm playing 4D chess a little bit with this thing, but uh, any thoughts on this? No, like once again, I think you hit the nail on the head pretty much, and there's, there's a lot of different avenues that Clemson can go here, and I think that's the most important thing. You know, there are certain teams and certain conferences where it's we have to get into the expanded Big Ten or the expanded SEC or expanded SEC or else we don't have any other options. Clemson's got multiple different avenues that they can go. Got a couple texts in and obviously Chuck's phone call about, you know, how it would only take the majority to get out of the media deal, to get out of the grant of rights. And I think that that's important, too. But I, I think that the main point here is that Clemson has options and none of these options are bad. And most importantly, none of these options are worse than the current situation Clemson is in. I don't think that the ACC has any lifeline here. And I don't think the conference exists in five years. I know that might be an outlandish statement to say on paper, but I don't see a way that they can stay afloat and compete financially. I, you know, I don't really think so either. Um, and uh, Tiger fan Clint reminds me, Clint actually had some good, uh, he had some good thoughts on this that are very similar to the things that we're saying here. Uh, he posted on Twitter, so I'll give him credit for that too. I think he's on the money with some of his comments as well. I want to go to the phones before we get to our next break. Let's go to Nelson in Spartanburg, who's up with us next. What's up, Nelson? Uh, yes, I've, I've heard quite a few angles to this discussion, and uh, at I think it's going to depend on what the SEC, if they take other teams, then what their goal is. If they're looking to expand market, then I think they're going to be looking more. They would be looking more at taking a North Carolina or uh, someone like that in order to take that market. I mean, they already have the South Carolina market. They already have the Florida market for the most part. Of course, Florida is a big state with a large population, so FSU would bring some in, but. Uh, with the University of Florida, which is by far the biggest part of the Florida market, they already have that market. So it's going to depend on the SEC's thinking as to whether or not they're wanting to capture market share or just add add numbers of uh, high-profile schools to their to their portfolio. So that, you know what? that's going to be a big consideration. That, that makes sense, Nelson. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much. Yes. You know, that, that does make sense if we're talking about markets. And I, I've heard a lot of talk about that. I think that would be the one thing is why would the SEC add Clemson? It's already got South Carolina in the market. Here's what I would say. The SEC is already a national brand. The SEC has most markets in the country cornered. Everybody knows. Every, every market that cares about college football cares about the SEC. What you're talking about now is collecting properties. Because the reality is the Greenville-Spartanburg market is the second uh, best or sometimes the best TV viewing market in the country for college football. You could have in one conference Birmingham and Greenville covered. You could have it totally covered, Greenville-Spartanburg. You could have it covered on a college football Saturday. You could have it fully and completely covered in your league. That's a big deal to me. 
I don't think the SEC needs the Raleigh market. Why would they? The Raleigh market doesn't put eyeballs on college football the way that uh, the way that the Greenville market does. Uh, North Carolina doesn't move the needle like Clemson does. I, again, maybe that is the thinking. I think that's I think that's older thinking. I think that's 2013 thinking. I think that's conference network thinking. I think that's the thinking that got Rutgers in the Big Ten. Okay, I don't think that's the thinking that's governing this right now. Um, I do think that uh, the ability to go nationwide and to uh, to get roots in California was a big deal to the Big Ten, and that's why they went and got uh, USC and UCLA. I think saying, no, we don't need the Greenville-Spartanburg market, but we're going to Raleigh, I, I, don't, I don't see that. Or we're going to Chapel Hill, I don't, I don't necessarily see that being a, being a wise move from the standpoint of how to generate value. But, again, that may be the way people are still thinking. I tend to think there are different things happening here. But uh, I do think that's a that's a good thought from Nelson. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I've got some baseball thoughts. i got some basketball thoughts to get to. There was some basketball last night that was pretty interesting. Stay with us. Hour one of the program continues in a moment. We're your locally owned Benjamin Moore retailer. We're your store for quality. With brilliant and durable paints in a variety of sheens and thousands of colors, we're your store for service with one-on-one advice for contractors and homeowners. We're your local experts, and we're here to help you with all your painting projects. Benjamin Moore. Come see us at Carter Color Company, 1067 Tiger Boulevard, Clemson. Are you looking to take your lawn to the next level in 2023? At Carolina Top Dressing, we are committed to serving the upstate and bringing golf course type practices to your home, including aeration, top dressing, dethatching, and soil conditioning. Also, ask us about our latest top dressing amendment, Carolina Mix, or sign up for any of our turf services by visiting us at www.carolinatopdressing.com for your free quote. And as always, go Tigers! Since 1917, Harbin Lumber Company has been a top lumber and building supplier in the industry. Their number one asset is their employees, people who are dedicated to providing quality building products and contractor services. People just like you, working to grow and be a part of the community. From construction projects to large remodeling jobs, see the hardworking folks people have entrusted for nearly 100 years. Harbin Lumber Company, serving South Carolina, Georgia, and North Carolina, and online at harbinlumber.com. What's under your home can get into your home. A sealed crawl space keeps out moisture, mold, and pests. Canty Foundation Specialist is your local trusted expert in crawl space sealing. Call us today for your free estimate. Canty can fix it. Call the local experts for a free estimate. Call Canty Foundation Specialist at 864-403-5263 and ask about transferable warranties and available financing. That's 864-403-5263 or online at cantycanfixit.com. Corporate events, weddings, reunions, holiday parties, birthdays, or fundraisers, Smitty's Smoke and Soul Food and Easily is here to make your special day a breeze and a little more delicious. With menu items like brisket, smoked ribs, chicken, pork, baked beans, sweet potato crunch, collard greens, peach cobbler, and more. Smitty's Smoke and Soul Food, 5284 Calhoun Memorial Highway in Easley. Visit smittysmokeandsoulfood.com to view their catering menu today. Smitty's Smoke and Soul Food, just like Grandma made it. Guess who else has jumped on to Ph.D. Weight Loss and Nutrition? It's our good friend, Don Munson. 
Back in May of 2022, I knew I needed to lose a few pounds. I knew because my doctor told me I needed to drop 20. Just like you, I've been hearing about the tremendous results people were having with PhD, and so I became a PhD client. At the first meeting, I knew this was the right decision for me. Dr. Ashley Lucas and her staff talked over with me my goals, asked me about my eating habits, and then introduced me to their plan for not only weight loss, but for complete wellness. The results had been life-changing for me. In 100 days, I was down over 20 pounds, down several inches in the waist, and loving the way I felt and looked. Glad to see he's seeing the results like I did when I went on PhD weight loss and nutrition last year and lost 24 pounds in just five weeks. If you've been like Don and me and you need to drop 20, 30, even 50 pounds or more, just go to myphdweightloss.com to learn more. One more time, that's myphdweightloss.com. It's a new year and I've got one piece of advice for you. If you're still belly aching about being fat, being tired, and not performing when it counts, you need to get up off that couch and book an appointment at Low Country Mail today. TRT plans start at $220 a month and include testosterone, labs, medication, and doctor visits. We offer weight loss plans, peptide plans, and IV therapy. Stop making excuses and take action. Lord knows the world doesn't need any more beta males. Make man men again. LowcountryMail.com. My Garage by Essex is proud to service the Clemson area with excellent service on all makes and models. They are professionals that perform high-quality workmanship with high-quality parts. With life being uncertain, you know you can be certain of My Garage by Essex, taking care of you and your family. Stop in to see them at 551 Old Greenville Highway, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. till 5 p.m., or call 864-633-5800. Before New Cascade Platinum Plus, I would pre-rinse all my dishes because my old detergent just wouldn't get them clean. But now, I do dishes differently. And no pre-wash, no rewash, money-back guaranteed kind of different. Because Cascade Platinum Plus has double the grease fighting power of Dawn built right in with twice the scrubbing power, giving me a clean that lets me break all the dish rules. I just scrape, load, and I'm done. Yep, (laughs) so clean. With Cascade Platinum Plus, I dare to dish differently. Every pitch, every at-bat, and every game, we have you covered. We're the flagship station for Clemson baseball. 105.5 and 97.5, we are the roar. All right, Hour 1 continues out of bounds. William Poggenbush and Facts and Childress with you. Glad to have you here Inside Floor Field in Greenville, South Carolina. Appreciate you joining us uh, today. Facts and back in the Upcountry Fiber studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Uh, Tigers and the USC Upstate Spartans uh, getting set to go at, uh, we'll have a 3.30 pregame for you today and a uh, 4 o'clock first pitch here at the ballpark. Excited to see Tristan Smith on the mound for a start. Uh, I do have some baseball thoughts. We're going to talk some Clemson baseball with Matt Conley. He was covering the Tigers this weekend from Doug Kingsmore Stadium, and uh, I saw him, got to talk to him a little bit. And so we'll get his thoughts on things in just one second. First, though, I uh, want to get to a little bit of what happened last night, Faxon, because there were some interesting things that happened on the bubble. Uh, and Clemson, uh, you know, uh, whether we like it or not, Clemson is going to have to – that uh, they're going to have to monitor, and we are all going to have to monitor what happens with other teams on the bubble uh, on a nightly basis. 
in uh, in college athletics. And so, um, you know, on the on the men's side, we did this for a little while on the women's side as well. Uh, by the way, Tigers look like a pretty good bet for the NIT on the women's side. And uh, that would be good. Third uh, third postseason in five years for Amanda Butler and her team. Facts, and we saw North Carolina last night. You get a chance to watch any of the Tar Heels and the Seminoles last night? I caught the second half. Um, Florida State kind of made a, a big run. Actually, I think it was a I might have been a 16 to two run to cut it to 64 to 60, and then North Carolina inevitably kind of pulled right back away. Ended up covering that eight point spread. But you know, the second half did get a little spooky for UNC at, at one point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, you can you you can see how people could watch that game and watch a little bit of what what North Carolina was uh, was about and go, okay, you know, at at points that you know this team this team looks like a potential tournament team. Uh, they do, and then you look at the end and you go, all right, now uh, what? Who is this? Like, is this the same team that we saw in the first half? Like you said, Florida State with a mad dash at the end of the ball game when North Carolina just, I mean, just was totally out of it. Baycott has one point. Yeah, that was in the, the game. worst I've ever seen Baycott play. He was terrible. You know, normally if North Carolina's in that kind of a spot, it's because Love has shot him out of the game, or you know they they've turned it over, they've not guarded. Uh, none of those things actually happen. You know, Love had 16 points and Davis had 19 points. They were relatively efficient. Leaky Black was terrific. He was three of four from three. Had 18 and nine. You had Nance who played more like the guy that they thought was going to come in and solidify that stretch four position for them. He had 15 and 10 last night, but. You know, they, they let Matthew Cleveland get some creases. They let Mills off the bench get going in terms of his penetration game and the mid-range game. And Florida State didn't make any three. They were 3 of 15 from three. North Carolina made 14 threes in a game. They were 9-9 nine, nine of 24 from two-point range in a game. And so, again, you start watching this team and you're going, gosh. You know, at times you can tell that they look like a really, really good team. And there are other times, Faxon, where they just look like they don't have a care in the world. That that lack of focus, I think, is really going to hurt them uh, down the stretch. Now, it ain't going to take a lot for them to get focused on Duke this week uh, in their in their regular season finale. So I'm not super, you know, I'm not super questioning whether they're going to do that. But that first ACC tournament game, you know, how how well they're going to respond there. Uh, you get into a situation like, let's say they go into the NIT. Let's say they accept an NIT bid. I don't know that they would, but let's say they do. Uh, they're not beating some team that's, you know, really fired up to win. This is just, this is not a team that is going to fight through a whole lot, although I guess they did a little bit at the end of the game. Things tend to snowball on this team a little bit. I thought you saw every single good and bad element of North Carolina on display last night. Yeah, I, this team has been inconsistent all year. You mentioned love. I mean, Obviously, he'll end up getting drafted, but as a college basketball player right now, he's been extremely mediocre this year. Field goal percentage is terrible. Three-point percentage is terrible. He takes horrible shots. Uh, the best player, as far as a consistency aspect outside of Baycott, has definitely been Davis. You know, this is a team that we saw the upside click last year, but they lost Manic. They lost a couple other pieces. They're not deep. Deep teams went in March. They're not really hitting their stride at the right time, particularly either. I think this team ends up on the bubble. They might get in, but they're going to need a couple ACC tournament wins to solidify that resume to get into the tournament. Yeah, Terrence Oglesby said a thing the other day. Um, it was actually, I guess it was uh, on a podcast I, I was listening to on uh, Monday, and he said, why does North Carolina be in 0-9 versus 1-9? Like, why are they all of a sudden in the tournament? Because they have, they have one quad one win. They're 1-9. and nine. 
and we think that's just all good, that they're okay. Um, I think this team has more work to do personally. Now, I'm also going to say that some of that is because a, an offer in quad one games is essentially disqualifying for an at-large bid. I would say even for North Carolina, right, a zero in the quad one wins column is a disqualifying number. That's a disqualifying uh, uh, red mark or black mark right there on your resume. And so they at least have that. They at least have one where you can you, you can no longer say, well, North Carolina doesn't have any. So they at least have one, and they avoided a bad loss last night. There were a couple of other games in there uh, that Clemson fans are going to need to uh, that, that Clemson fans were going to need to monitor last night, and they were Big Twelve games, and one of them went a good way for Clemson, and one of them probably went a little bit of a questionable way for Clemson. Uh, one was West Virginia Iowa State. West Virginia uh, goes on the road and beats Iowa State by three last night. Probably not a great result. West Virginia was a team that had won some games at home, didn't have a ton of quality work, but now looks like a team. They're top 20 in Ken Palm. Now looks like a team that, that uh, it's, is uh, solidifying. The way they're playing right now, they're solidifying in that large bid. And then the other one, though, is Baylor and Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State, well, they've lost five in a row, I believe. And uh, Baylor goes uh, goes. Uh, and, and wins a game there. They've now lost three in a row at home, including back-to-back games at home in a three-day span. They play at Texas Tech on Saturday. Oklahoma State is one of those teams in that last four out conversation uh, right now with Clemson, according to Lenardi. Uh, you know, a lot of folks had them in brackets because they were playing really well. They had, you know, they had beaten TCU. They had won at Iowa State. In fact, they swept Iowa State, which was big. And, uh, you know, they, they had a couple of nice wins earlier in the season. They had a home win against Sam Houston State that's aged pretty well in terms of non-conference wins and maybe it snuck up on you a little bit. I don't think Oklahoma State gets in now. At 16-14, and 14, um, even the Texas Tech win on the road, that's going to be a quad one. But Texas Tech's not great. Uh, they may need to win a game in the tournament to get in over a team like Clemson. I think that was a, a good result, Faxon, last night for, for the Tigers because – if Oklahoma State beats Baylor, that's a big-time win against a big-time team. That's a, a win that the committee notices outside of the quad system. And uh, so I would say that of the three games that we told people to monitor last night, two had had uh, unfavorable outcomes for the Tigers or neutral outcomes for the Tigers. That one, though, was favorable in my eyes. And it, would, it would be a, a shame if Oklahoma State got in over Clemson. I, and I'm not even saying that out of a bias. Uh, that Oklahoma State team is not very good. They're now three games below 500 in the league. They're straddling the 500 line overall. They play a putrid brand of basketball. I saw many more missed layups last night than I've ever seen. Uh, I watched this game start to finish. I've watched some Oklahoma State, but a lot of these bubble teams, and I know Clemson fans are frustrated with why they're on the bubble. And, you know, there are a couple teams that I Wisconsin and Oklahoma State just stick out to me as the two teams that I am not impressed by. I'm not impressed by anything they do particularly. And last night, Baylor goes on the road. They were underdogs. Oklahoma State closed at minus one as the favorite. No Keontae George, so the best player that's going top 10 in the NBA draft isn't playing for Baylor. And Oklahoma State still couldn't win, even though they had uh, 22 offensive rebounds. 22 offensive rebounds. You took 15 more shots and you lost the game at home as the favorite, just not an impressive team to me. And, you know, with their upcoming schedule, I think that it, 
it doesn't necessarily bode well for the Tigers, but there definitely is a losable game, which is at Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech will be favored there. I think Oklahoma State's going to lose that one and fall to 16 and 15 and then uh, 7 and 11 in the league. So it'll be interesting to monitor that and see what they end up doing in the Big 12 tournament because no game is free in the Big 12. They might lose in the first round of that tournament. Well, and Joe Lenardi also, uh, he has, and, and I think I think this, again, is something to, something to ponder, something to monitor here. Joe Lenardi has uh, moved Clemson up into that next four-out category. And so, uh, because of that, again, you're right on that precipice, and it leads to a big game tonight with Virginia uh, in Charlottesville, a place where Clemson won last year. A team that's reeling a little bit, a team that has had struggles scoring the ball. Uh, this some would say this is a perfect team to just shoot the lights out against Clemson because they have not shot well. But the reality is they've not played good offensive ball for much of the year, and they've not played a good offensive game. I would say in at least like three weeks. I mean, I'm I'm looking back at some of the uh, some of the recent Virginia performances right now, and I've watched a lot of their games. You know, they beat Duke in overtime, but I don't think that was a thing of beauty offensively. Um, maybe the game, I mean, I thought they played okay at Syracuse. Maybe the game against Virginia Tech was a good offensive showing. They scored 76 at Wake, but that, that, that was a little bit of Wake Forest. Wake, honestly, the Wake-Boston College games I, was when I really thought, okay, Virginia's really got it going here. They went to Syracuse and won. I thought, okay, that's fine. They're four and three since then. And, uh, you know, even the way that they played, not great. They, they played well against NC State defensively, but they still only scored 63 points. Bottom line, this is not a team that's going to push Clemson on the offensive end. Even, like, even in a worst-case scenario where the Tigers are giving up a bunch of baskets like they have at times, uh, Virginia hasn't scored more than 76 points. They've scored more than 76 points once since November 18th. They, they beat they beat Baylor 86-79 on November 18th, and since that point, they've scored more than 75 only three times. Well, they play and it was back-to-back-to-back to back to back games. They play a gross brand of basketball. I mean, it's the reason they lost to UMBC is because you have one of those nights where you don't shoot the ball well. You're already playing at such a lethargic pace, and all of a sudden, you know, what if a Brevin Galloway gets hot? What if a Chase Hunter gets hot from three? You're digging yourself a hole. I mean, it, it works, and Tony Bennett's a fantastic coach. Obviously, cannot discredit him and what he's done. They've won a national championship, but... This year, they don't really have the dogs or the personnel in my eyes to make them one of the premier teams in college basketball. I think they're gettable tonight. I really do. You know, they're they're under 50% from two, which is really odd. It's not None of their other stats are really that odd. Uh, they give up a poor percentage from three because it may be a lack of length on the perimeter. Um, they're pretty good defensively from two. They block a few shots, which is good. But, but they are like bottom 20 in the country in block rate against, meaning – they just don't have good finishers. They, they, uh, they, they do get fouled some. They don't offensive rebound great. I mean, like some of the stuff that they do is typical Virginia, right? Where their their inherent weaknesses that they have, but they're especially offensively. There are ways that they are vulnerable, and I think their three point defense being worse than has been in years past is also a vulnerability for them tonight. And I don't know if you noticed, but Clemson is shooting the absolute fire out of the basketball right now we'll talk more about this game coming up we're also going to talk a little clemson baseball as well uh but first matt conley from clemsonsports.com joins us in hour two next wccp fm 105.5 clemson greenville anderson waht am 1560 cowpens 97.5 spartanburg we are the roar i'm eddie